right, welcome back into the Plank Show. You get a little bit of me this hour, and then Josh and Connor will take you the rest of the way. I put a ton of really good stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line on the old prep page, Josh. Um, oh, my gosh. Let me, let, me, let me read this real quick. This is, this is pretty good from the 405. The radio slash media narrative of Venables, Roof, Schmidt, etc. were brought in to make the team stronger, culture change faster, tougher. I think that's why so much vitriol is coming out now towards the team. Should have tempered expectations and not be the cocky, arrogant team fan media that OU has been known to be. Maybe shouldn't have pumped so much sunshine. Meanwhile, Riley, Grinch, etc., and the other first-year head coaches, TCU and Texas Tech, who all inherited a rebuild team, are doing well. Where's all the receipts that I heard radio personalities on the station holding on to? Crumble them up, toss them, and realize there are no returns or exchanges on that play to crow. So much for ragging on cowbell workouts as they have a team 6-0 out west. Yeah, they're 6-0. Playing really well. And they got a tough one this weekend against Utah. But, again, it's just one of those many things that piles on to the frustration, right? OU is not playing well the last three weeks after playing well the first three. And Lincoln Riley has gone out to USC and with the guy that, you know, at one point you thought was going to be the future at OU is 6-0. and That doesn't mean that Oklahoma's going to be down forever, but you're right. There. There, there's your crow. Congrats. In the meantime, I want to hit these five things that in my world, Josh, we can do to kind of start to ride the ship, right? I'm all about solutions. We're in a solutions-based uh, solutions industry. Now, typically, we call it the top five stories of the day. But on Mondays, it's the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day with an asterisk and we kind of fit it towards whatever storylines came out for sooner football over the weekend so you ready for my five ways that i think you can fix it i'm ready how about an open what do you say oh let's do it let's take care of our great sponsor it's time for the top five stories of the day Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, uh, Newcastle Casino, online at newcastlecasino.com. You heard it, we're real, R-E-E-L, gamers come to play. So, uh, number five, Josh, I think we just talked about, right? Number five. Number five. Is just looking, and I'm not saying you have to stop tackling in practice, Um. I'm not out there, to be honest with you, so I, I don't know how physical it is. I just know from what, you know, Teddy talks about and from what, you know, we, we've heard Gabe and doing a show with him every Monday. But they get after it practice. Maybe you start to reevaluate that. Maybe you dial it back a bit. What would you is, is the strain a little bit too much in that, you know, they've even joked practices are harder than the game. Okay, well, let, let's start making sure that that's not the case. 
because it just seems as if from what it, from what everything Brent Venables and Ted Ruth and Jeff Levy and all these accomplished coaches have said, there doesn't appear to be issues in the preparation, right? It's not as if they've come to any of these post-game shows and have said, well, we had a bad week of practice, right? I think there was prior to maybe TCU, no, Kansas State. Someone said we had a bad Tuesday practice. And Ted Roof was like, yeah, we had a bad Tuesday practice. By Thursday it was fixed, and it seemed great. So, right, there, there's that disconnect somewhere. So, Josh, maybe like we talked about, there is a need to dial that back a notch. Maybe. You maybe. know, I just – Toward the end of the week, I guess, right? If the workload has still been heavy at the end of the week, then that that rest and recovery portion before the game, maybe dial it back. Then I just, I have a hard time believing that that's the problem. Me too. For Me too. Oklahoma, I, I I'm with you 100. percent But like I said, we're about trying to find solutions. Indeed. So number four. Number four. Find out who's next and let's ride. If it's you know, in our Mason Thomas, I didn't see the total number of snaps. I felt like he was out there a little bit more than you typically see or had seen because he'd been battling an injury. But maybe it's more our Mason Thomas, right? Maybe it's more Grayson Holton. Maybe it's more Robert Spears Jennings or Kip Lewis. You know, obviously the, the name that everyone wants to see more of is Jaron Canick. Um, Javante Barnes, hell, Nick, Nick Evers for that matter. But who's next? And let's go. I'm not saying you're tanking the season, right? This isn't to improve your draft spot or anything of that nature. It's just, all right, if if this is our 2022, if this is our reality, Josh, who on this roster right now is going to be there for us in 2023 and 2024 to help really set this foundation that has been rebuilt? Exactly. And if there's one or a couple of those guys right now, I mean, depending upon what happens again this week and these next couple of weeks, I know that you got the four games that you can play without burning up a year with the redshirt rule now if you want to wait a little bit. So you have those four games and you're not in risk of wasting a redshirt year for somebody, then so be it. But at some point, right, find out what you've got. And if there's guys that are younger that can help you right now, then – Look, again, explore all options that are on the table. Okay, um, number three. Number three. Now, I know that this is something in, you know, many conversations that have come up, social media platforms, pretty much everywhere. But I, I, don't, I don't know if this three-man front, or at least what has been the illusion of a three-man front. They're multiple. They do a lot of things. I think it's okay to go ahead and shelf that for the rest of the year. You know, continue to work to develop. You know, if that next great nose tackle is a dude that's currently committed, let's make sure we keep him committed for Oklahoma. But you gotta you gotta find out who are gonna be your dudes on that D line. And again, it's I, I brought this up earlier. It's not an excuse. It's a fact. You know what they do and want to do physically and aesthetically with their defensive linemen and how they look and how they how they attack is different than what was here before. Now, should it lead to 49 points against Texas? No, of course not. 
but it's worth bringing up when we're talking about whatever one seems to be most fired up about. Ditch it. Move on. We're going to be multiple. Always going to be multiple. But, and Brent Venable says it, Todd um, Todd Bates says it, everyone says it. We, we get it. But for what this team seems to have now, it doesn't look like it's working. So that would make a lot of fans happy. In fact, I, by the way, someone had brought up uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line earlier, Josh, can you imagine the Bronx cheer on Saturday night if Dylan Gabriel plays and completes like a seven-yard pass? You know, it's going to place might go crazy. But, again, I, I know, I know. It, there's so many things that you see three-man front, but in reality they are rushing four. But let's, let's ditch that. And number two, I haven't had a chance to talk to Ted or ask anyone defensively about this. I feel like we are the latest blitzing team after the snap on the planet. And I feel like every single time it's Justin Broyles, and I feel like every single time he gets lit up by a running back blocking him. I know this is all kind of all-encompassing, and maybe it falls into that, but okay, maybe to find someone other than uh, Broyles to rush the passer. And we got to get our calls in quicker. When Texas went tempo, you know, there were guys turned around looking at the secondary when the ball was snapped. So, Which, that- you know, I-, I saw this comment out there, Plank, and-, and I thought it was a good one. You practice against tempo All nonstop. The so All the time. H- how alarming is that for Oklahoma that, look, this is supposed to be what you're going up against right. every single day and you can't get calls, and that's, that's frustrating. So in my um, in my staying the course and trying to give give excuses here, excusinator five thousand, or not be the excusinator five thousand and be the problem solver, um, ditching the the, the three man front would be good. Number two. Number two. Did I skip one or is that right? No, you're good. Okay. Yeah, no, that's right. Sorry. I thought that was number two right there, and you skip past the sounder. Okay. So. Okay, my bad. My bad. Um, Jeff Levy told us something really cool a while back, and uh, he mentioned that on their play call sheet, they always have three letters, FTS, which reminds them to feed the stud. Now, unfortunately, that didn't go so well on Saturday, right? You're trying to get Marvin Mims to football. But – Get Marvin Mims the football. Don't know. Don't know how it could be more clear. You know, when you're talking about um, a guy that is likely going to play on Sundays. When you're talking about a guy that, I think through the first four games, whenever it appeared he was getting the ball more, what did we say? Man, Marvin Mims looks faster. He's look. He looks like he's got a a little bit more juice. Right now, in fairness, that was a pretty crushing fumble to start the game against TCU two weeks ago. But he's the kind of electric player that needs to be more involved. So if we're going with the FTS mindset, feed the stud, to me, Josh Helmer, I don't know if it gets any easier than saying, hey, let's um, let's get Marvin Mims to football. Because, I mean, did he even, did he even have one pass thrown towards him? On Saturday? Oh, man. Let's look, and I can find targets for you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's that's the dude. 
That's that's the guy. I mean, listen, he's not probably going to be here next year. He's being projected as a first-round pick. And I really think that with Dylan Gabriel in Jeff Levy's offense, when they're they're cooking, I think he's got a chance to be really special. But got to get him the football. All right? Three targets. Which gets us to number one way to try to fix some things here, try to get things back on track. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, so to recap, we had, you know, reevaluating, I don't want to say the difficulty, but the strain of practice, which, again, I, I don't know how that could possibly be an issue, man. You, you've got to be grinding, ready to play. Uh, number four, finding out who's next. I, I pushed back against this hard two weeks ago, right? I really did because – and I firmly believe the best players are playing. Right? Coaches aren't putting guys out there that they don't think are very, are, are very good just because they've been around. I still think they're playing their best players. But, again, scoreboard's not showing us that. So, before, find out who's next, right? Let's see – what Kip Lewis, let's see what Jaron Canick, let's see what Javante Barnes has. And I think, Josh, just real quick on Barnes, not to revisit number four too deep, but I think from what we saw in Barnes two weeks ago, it's pretty special. But then again, this past week, the, the running game was working, man. Um, and when you get Marcus Major healthy, he's he's a guy you want to get carries for. Yeah. Um, number three, ditch the three-man front. Number two, feed the stud, feed Marvin Mims. And uh, the number one, just based on what we saw from the backup quarterback situation, get Dylan Gabriel healthy. And when when he's healthy, you know, obviously you have a guy that coaches have a lot of confidence in, understanding and knowing the offense. You have a guy that his teammates have a lot of confidence in. Um, I, I know that things weren't going well in Fort Worth before he got hurt. And I know that it was a struggle to get started against Kansas State. But you're in an infinitely better position to compete and win with aided quarterback than apparently anyone else on this roster. And I think for I think for Jeff Levy, Josh, one of his challenges going forward is all right, is is it time to start thinking about Nick Evers being number two? Because I found that fascinating that he was the next guy in the game after Bevel, right? Now it was one series, but Maybe it's time to kind of see what you got with Nick Evers. Not to say stardom, but just if there's situations where he can get in the game, you know, I, I think he can show himself better than a than a bounced three yard pass to Eric Gray, right? Hope. Yeah, you would imagine so. You would imagine so. And you know, some of that's just going to be getting live hacks, right? Live practice swings out there, getting getting game reps. I don't know. If I fixed anything, but there were my five things, things I would look at. Oh, please. Oklahoma's fixed now. You just did it. Call me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm available. I just. You're like that guy from Pulp Fiction. You're there to clean everything up. No big deal. Wolfman. Um, who had still the greatest line in the history of movies ever. I'm as. I still go back to the very first text message to this show today is the most frustrating part is that nobody really has answers. I, I joked earlier and um, 
you know, I, I heard Ted talking about this. That you know, there's a point where you're like, I just I want to go down there and fix it. I, I want to go down there and, and fix this. But right now, it's um, it's on the staff to figure it out, and hopefully, we'll take a step towards that starting today. It continues manana into Wednesday, into Thursday, into Friday, and then they play better against Kansas. Eleven a.m. kick too. Not necessarily a way to get the fans all riled up about things. <laughs> no. No. Having some struggles, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, we're kicking off at 11 a.m. All right. Um, I, I'm out. Coaches are here. It's time for me to go do a little Coach's Corner. Josh has a myriad of air comfort solutions texts and his own uh, personal takes to get you home the rest of the way. Uh, for now, it looks like I'll be in studio with you tomorrow, Josh, which is exciting. Or – I may be here anchoring the Brent Venables press conference. Regardless, we'll continue the coverage. Get your calls, 405-329-9000. If you want to get in here, your Air Comfort Solutions text, 405-651-3439. And as always, Hour 3, the Plank Show brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Oh, man. It's an emotional, emotional Plank Show Monday, I guess. Celine Dion. We're back with you. It's the Home of Sooner Fans. Josh Elmer alongside... Well, Connor Pasby, who we welcome in to the Plank Show. Connor, good morning. How are you, my friend? Good morning. I'm doing all right. Try to get through the very difficult weekend, but here we are. 90s are a crazy time. They are, yes. Crazy and wild yes. time in the 1990s. And we are, we are back there. <laughs> this hour of the Plank Show, it's brought to you by Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker at Rooftech a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. So I don't know that I've ever been involved with an Oklahoma game where literally you knew the game was over after a fourth down gamble early didn't work for you. But that's kind of how this game played out for Oklahoma, right? As soon as that fourth down gamble down there didn't happen. You got stuffed by Texas. It was like, yeah, this is about to get, this is about to get ugly. And sure enough, it did get ugly. I don't know what it says about Oklahoma coming out of this game that just the the unwillingness to play either General Booty or Nick Evers is the quarterback stable. Is it in that bad of shape after? Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler transferred away. The I, I will hear some of the comments out there from folks that have said, you know, part of this, if, if there's – I'm not down with most of the previous staff blaming for Oklahoma in this deal, but the one part that I will hear and listen to in that regard is the way that – Lincoln Riley went about recruiting quarterbacks and obviously the fact that you had a rash of transfer quarterbacks. Remember, Oklahoma had a bunch of quarterbacks, Chandler, Morris, on and on and on, that had left before Lincoln Riley was gone. Then obviously Caleb Williams goes with Lincoln Riley to USC and Spencer Rattler, who really this fan base kind of ran out of town, transfers to South Carolina and you wind up with Dylan Gabriel who at that point, once you landed Gabriel, we talked about this earlier, once you landed Gabriel, you weren't getting any of the other top-flight no. transfer quarterbacks, Connor. You weren't getting a Martinez. Obviously, you had uh, you shot your shot 
with Jackson Dart, but he said no thanks because it was probably pretty clear that Dylan Gabriel was going to be your starting quarterback or had the leg up. Yeah, and he thought you brought a guy in like Davis Bevel who was a third string at Pitt, and he had that really good bowl game when Pittsburgh, the first two quarterbacks, got injured. So we thought we would have some, you know, a backup that could maybe come in in situations like this, like we saw Saturday, and do fine, but that is not the answer whatsoever. But, a lot, I mean, a lot of people are wanting Nick Evers, the four-star recruit. I mean, he's still a young guy, so I guess they didn't want him to put him out there in a situation like that. But, man, but running Wildcat, Josh, for 75% of the game, I mean, teams are going to start figuring that out. Eventually, you got to put in a guy that can, that can sling it. Just the overall ineptitude of Oklahoma offensively in this game. The fact that, and we talked about this last week, there was – an air about Oklahoma that if you showed up and Davis Bevel was going to be your quarterback in this game, if what we saw versus TCU, if that was the offense that Oklahoma was capable of with Davis Bevel at quarterback in the Cotton Bowl, then probably you were waving the white flag as soon as you showed up. And really, ultimately, it played out that way for OU. So I think all of the questions and concerns, I was one of those people with you this past weekend. How is it possible that Oklahoma can show up to this game? I mean, just think about the circumstances of the game for OU, right, going into the game. Historically bad loss, right, on the road to mm-hmm. TCU, coming on the heels of a another really, really bad defensive performance versus Kansas State. So the two games bunched up together were record-breaking bad for OU defensively. You know that you have to have offense in this game to go win it, and yet you show up 0-2, desperate in the Big 12, playing your arch rival, and essentially, I mean, you trot that out there offensively where you've got no chance in the game. That's the part for me where it's hard for me to wrap my head around this thing, and I, I know a lot of other Oklahoma fans feel the same way. Why? Why did Davis Bevel continue to go out there? Are the other quarterbacks that bad? Are they that far behind? And what does that say about Jeff Levy and this offensive staff's ability or inability to have these guys ready for this game? Was General Booty, was was he a worse option? Nick Evers right now, was it the fear of playing a freshman in that environment? Or, or was he just truly, simply not ready? And the answers to those questions, Connor, I think probably you're not going to get a good answer there. No, but, either way. But take take the risk, though. That's what I'm saying. If I mean, we don't know if the, if he if it can be any worse if you put Booty or Evers in. Like when you get down 28 to nothing and you get that pick from Ewers where, where he just threw it up. I think that's a time where you can put in either Booty or Evers and just see, just see what he can do in a situation like that. This game felt like Oklahoma showed up and just wanted to hit, see the clock hit all zeros, right? Just get out of the Cotton Bowl as quickly as they could with the margin, as small of a margin as possibly they could. It didn't feel like Oklahoma went into this game schematically. The, the things they were drawing up, the quarterback that they brought to take the majority of the snaps in this game, it didn't seem like Oklahoma showed up trying to win the OU-Texas game. Trying to try, trying to win the Red River shootout game. And that, to me, is the part that it's really, really difficult to wrap your head around as a Sooner fan. How you can come in, be 0-2 in Big 12 play, and essentially show up and wave the white flag 
when you're desperate for a win. So, man, there's so many questions coming out of this game for Oklahoma. Defensively, this is a, a really, really bad defense right now. And that's the part for me that is scary. Uh, that's got to just terrify you as an Oklahoma fan for the rest of the schedule here. How much correction can truly be made defensively? And is this defense just bad? We've talked about the three down linemen. Yeah, we have quite a bit of that in the text line, which I don't blame them for complaining about that. I think everyone's about tired of the three-man front that Oklahoma has been putting out for yeah the last three weeks because it's just simply not working. From Sean, we'll start rolling through your Air Comfort Solutions text line, text messages before we get out of here, 405-651-3439. Sean says, for what this game means to alumni, boosters, and fans, and you don't have a plan or try to win is inexcusable, and that's on Brent. And you know what? That's where I'm at with it too, and I hate to feel that way because I like Brent Venables. I like what Brent Venables is about. I still believe that Brent Venables can win big at Oklahoma. But whether it was Jeff Levy's decision to roll out Davis Bevel there after what happened the week before versus TCU, whether it was Brent Venables' decision to roll out Davis Bevel out there at quarterback for Oklahoma, it's not acceptable. And if it was Jeff Levy's decision and Brent Venables doesn't override Jeff Levy there, and make a change at any point in this game. I mean, that to me is so alarming that Oklahoma was bashful to make a change in this game. You wouldn't do it. You want you want to hear a quote from Jeff Levy that uh, Parker Thune just put? Yeah, well, what's it say? Dave, uh, Jeff Levy says, Davis, he wants a couple of things back. I think I could have done a better job of creating a better rhythm for him. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. You know, and I'll say this for Davis Bevel who is going to be a punching bag for Oklahoma fans, why is he handcuffed? I mean, why are why they, they won't let him throw the football downfield except for that play right before the end of the first half, right? It gets picked off. Well, there, there, there wasn't how, how are you going to game plan in this game, Connor, where basically all you're going to do is run the Wildcat and Texas can tee off? They know exactly what you're going to do. Maybe at some point you'll throw it with Eric Gray, which, oh, by the way, they do inexplicably in the game and it gets picked off which a, du- Texas a dumb knows exactly timing. what you're doing in the game and the, the passes from davis bevel it was no like three-step drop like it was just one like route that i'm throwing to just a slant route where he did that twice i'm like man you're not really putting him in a good situation but yeah like you said you have him handcuffed right now but that was just not very pretty offensively well you're 0-3 now in Big 12 play. You've dropped to 3-3 three and three overall. And <laughs> I see you on the text line. A couple things back. He threw for 39 yards. He has nothing to get back. 3-3 three and three now overall. And let's talk about this next as we respond to a bunch of your comments. You guys are on fire today. I uh, love it on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I don't, I don't love the items that we have to respond to because I – like you would like to see Oklahoma playing what Oklahoma is accustomed to playing, which is championship football, but you and I and everybody else under the sun knows that Oklahoma is a heck of a long ways away from that. But I do appreciate everybody's interaction on the text line. We'll hit that next. It's uh, 
what can Oklahoma get out of this season, right? What 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 is the rest of 2022 about? I want to talk about that next. Plus, again, uh, respond to all of you. Appreciate you guys. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. It's the home of Sooner fans. Roof Tech of Oklahoma brings us our number three of the Plank Show. They are locally owned and operated, have been for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker at Roof Tech a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245, where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. So let's just call 2022 now what it is for the rest of the year, right? Ultimately, now... And I have to push back a little bit on some of the narratives that are out there, some of the things that I've seen Oklahoma fans comment and say. And maybe there is some truth to it, but to me, look, there's plenty enough talent on this roster to not go down and lose in the Cotton Bowl 49 to nothing to Texas. There's plenty enough talent, even after Gabriel goes down, to not get eviscerated by TCU the way that you did 55-24. There's plenty enough talent to not allow Kansas State and Adrian Martinez, who, by the way, in Ames this past weekend, okay, versus Iowa State. Iowa State. I will ask you politely to go take a peek at what Iowa State's recent recruiting classes the last, I don't know, four or five years, right, have looked like for Iowa State. Kansas State scored 10 points. In Ames, Iowa. So, regardless of Lincoln Riley gutted Oklahoma or, look, Oklahoma lost a couple of players to the NFL draft. Oklahoma didn't lose enough to be this bad for the last three weeks. There's still some talent on this roster. Oh, man, there's plenty enough talent to not be a national laughingstock. And that's where we're at with the thing. So... I get it. It's year one. I will be receptive to some of that for Oklahoma, for Brent Venables, and for this staff. But right now, man, it looks like they can't play and they can't coach. And a bunch of guys that I know know how to coach football, specifically the head coach in Brent Venables, right now does look lost. So now 2022, because initially it was this, Connor, and whether – Folks out there, because of the items that I mentioned, the the players that you lost, the quarterback, Caleb Williams, right? Backup in Spencer Rattler, some guys that went to the NFL draft, all these turnover items that happened for Oklahoma, and then just the installing of an offense in a defense, the turnover with a first-year head coach. Because of that, the – and remember – And I'm guilty of this. I will be the first one to step up to the plate and accept that I am part of the problem for you out there, Oklahoma fans. In this station, a lot of the personalities on this station are a part of the problem for you believing to some degree that Oklahoma could be a college football playoff contender and was the favorite to win the Big 12 championship. That looks silly now. Now, having said that, Oklahoma, again, is good enough to be a heck of a lot better than this, and what they are right now is not acceptable, according to the Oklahoma standard, and it's certainly, even with as bad as things are going right now, we weren't so far off, Connor, that, oh, it's it's okay to throw your hands up and say, well, it's year one, and we should have expected a lot of this. We should have seen this coming. No! 
you should not have seen this coming with Oklahoma. This is historically bad, what's going on with the Sooners. It's unacceptable, what's going on with Oklahoma. And they got to get it fixed immediately. Immediately it has to be better than this. Because we, we were talking about college football playoff talk after Nebraska. We are like, oh, man, this may be a they – have, they may have a chance to make it to the college football playoff. And now we're talking about, oh, can this, te- can this team be bowl eligible or can this team even win another game after week five? That just still blows, blows my mind, Josh. And so circling back around to the purpose of this segment here, what is 2022 now about? Well – at this stage, it's about showing any, any kind of tangible progress the rest of the way. Right now, defensively, you're a joke on that side of the football. Offensively, there's plenty of questions there, right? The offensive coordinator and Jeff Levy, he has some questions oh, yeah. to be answered. The fact that you showed up in the, into the Cotton Bowl and, look, I get the Dylan Gabriel portion of it, but to be that anemically bad – is not acceptable for an Oklahoma football team. So now it's about, okay, how much progress, genuine progress, can be made before this season comes to a close. If that's in the former fashion of, like many of you out there on the text line are saying, play young players, then okay, play young players. If it's in terms of wins and losses, in not letting this thing go completely off the tracks, because I'm here to tell you, while I don't think this is how, this season ultimately plays out. I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something crazy. I think OU's winning this week versus Kansas. I do. Because I think getting Dylan Gabriel back is enough of a, is enough of a jump for Oklahoma offensively, and I think the return home is going to be important for this team defensively to at least have something positive here and there. I think Oklahoma's winning this week. But beyond beating Kansas and beyond beating Iowa State and West Virginia, I don't know that there's a lot of wins on the rest of the schedule for the Sooners. So, having said that, what does what does any sort of tangible progress look like the rest of the way? Is it winning those three games? Is it stealing one versus Oklahoma State or Baylor? Yeah. Is it going to Texas Tech and winning? Or is it just is it just the way that it looks in general, Connor? Just show some fight. That's what first first most and then if OSU keeps winning and they happen to be a top five team, then Try to play spoiler at home in Norman. But I didn't think we'd be in this situation right now where we're just saying, let's just get a win against Kansas at home. Try to get a win at Kansas at, or against Kansas at home. I mean, I think they can this week. It's not going to be an easy task, though, with the Daniels kid. He'll hopefully be back for Kansas. But, man, that backup that came in against TCU, the Bean kid, he looked really impressive. That came at the wrong time, by the way, during that Texas game where the backup quarterback came in and he was slinging it. And then all the OU people are like, huh, look at this, what this Kansas backup can do when you put him in the game. I, I see the comment there, Connor. And somebody said, this is tiresome and this is boring. Scroll down. I want, I want, to, I want to read that. Let's focus, on, let's focus talents on picking up this fan base. Look, I'm not going to sit here and fight with Oklahoma fans all week. Because I do think there's, there's clearly the two sides of this thing. You're either maybe a little over the top and, oh my goodness, this looks like the 90s all over again, or this is unacceptable, or you're in the other camp, which is, hey, stay the course, be positive, believe in Brent Venables, believe in this staff, and trust that they can get things righted. I'm, 
I'm a little bit of both. But one thing I'm not going to do, and I'm just telling you to the texter that sent this in to me, you're not from me going to get me telling you that, hey, there's a lot of positives for Oklahoma, and here's the positives for OU. You're just not going to get that from me. So if that's what you want from Josh Elmer on this radio program, I regret to inform you, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. It's historically bad with Oklahoma, and it's impossible for me to get on the air and sit here and talk about, hey, stay the course, believe in this staff. I'm happy that there's some fans out there that feel that way, and I'm not here to tell you that you're totally wrong and crazy. I'm just here to tell you that you're not going to hear that from me. You're not. And like Kendall said, unacceptable what Kendall said. Yeah, I mean, you have every right to be frustrated about how this season is going because we did not expect this whatsoever. But you just want to see some fight and toughness. I mean, the the recent year that you can go back to where we had some of this situation is 2014, maybe. I mean, obviously everyone goes back to the 90s, but I mean, that 2014 year when Cody Thomas came in, at least that team had some fight and toughness later on in the year. That's what I want to see from this group. As we get to the second half of the year. That's it. Pride. Yeah. Pride. Pride. Yep. Make tangible progress the rest of the way. This season doesn't have to be a complete wash. And that's that's a positive thought, right? It does not have to be a complete wash. It doesn't. Okay, I, I promised I'd read some of your text messages. I'm sorry. Clearly, I had <laughs> some things that I wanted to say this morning about Oklahoma. Uh, let's take a final timeout. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. It's the home of Sooner fans. Back with you one final time. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. It is the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Still man and Thune at noon. They are waiting in the wings to jump in here next. And obviously the home of Sooner fans will keep rolling along trying to get this thing turned around for you or talk you through it right here. Sooners welcoming in. Kansas this week. Why don't we ever see BV Matter fired up? Doesn't seem like himself. That's what I've seen some people talk about too, which is a little odd. Maybe when he went, I don't know. As a head coach, he just feels like he needs to. Yeah, you have tone to it, be tone it down a little bit. Yeah, you got to be different as a head coach. Look, everything's going to be hyper analyzed about Brent Venables right now, and I'm guilty of it too, Connor. I, I was wondering. You know, we've never seen. We've never seen a team take that long to get into the postgame media press conference at the Cotton Bowl. And OU's handed some you-know-what kickings to Texas in that game. And yet, the losing team goes first, and yet, that, that didn't happen for Oklahoma. So if you're talking about why is he not animated and this and that, I guarantee you he was animated in that locker room while that was going on. Or not to be. <laughs> but. Hey, guys, I was wondering if the Oklahoma – OC and DC were on the sideline with the players. Would that make a difference? I don't know. It's, one, it's one of the many things to look at. Yeah, Ted Roof and Jeff Levy both being up there in the booth. I mean, same thing with Mike Stoops did up there, but obviously people don't want to go back to those days with Mike Stoops. But Trevor Knight said this from the text line from Kendall. Trevor Knight said, it's a failed season already in Norman, if you ask me. End quote. Yeah, I mean, it feels that way to a lot of people. I I don't know that it's totally a failed season yet, but 
I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. In terms of your expectations, what you wanted to accomplish, it's a failure in terms of winning a national championship, obviously. It's a failure in terms of getting to the college football playoff, obviously. And it's a failure in terms of winning the Big 12 championship, obviously, as well. So if, if you're looking at those three goals, fail, 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 yes. But if the goal of this season was simply – was and is simply to lay a foundation for the future in the Brent Venables era. I don't I don't know that it's completely failed yet. It's trending in that direction. I'm here to tell you this morning that it looks like across the board it's going to be a failed season for Oklahoma. And it, it just matters where it goes from from this stage right now. If they don't get bowl eligible, Josh, then yeah, there can be some talk about maybe it being a failure season. And while James would like to inform me this morning that we don't need negatives. You need to leave for an attitude adjustment. Been through it longer than you. Uh, I'm here to tell you that, yes, this season could be a complete and utter failure for Oklahoma. It doesn't have to be. It still can be the opposite. I mean, you could still get something out of this season, but ultimately it comes down to is Oklahoma going to beat anybody that's left on its schedule? Are they, are they going to get experience for young players and show some promise? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question yet. So said, LOL, Trevor, the last time we lost this much, he was the QB. Well, and... 2014, baby. That, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Though, it doesn't uh, erase his, his commentary. Well, it stirred, it, stirred, it stirred everybody up when that Fox reported Oklahoma star as the headline. That's where it started. We're like, oh, he wasn't. Well, former <laughs> Oklahoma quarterback. Hey, that's it for us. We got to go, though. We'll continue to talk all of this throughout the remainder of the week. Steel Man is ready to roll, baby. Keep it locked in. Uh, everybody have a good rest of your Monday right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.